If you put your effort and concentration into playing to your potential to be the best that you can be, I don't care what the scoreboard says, at the end of the game, in my book, we're going to be winners. The talent for so many players today, the talent in the spotlight, it's taking them to heights that their character's not strong enough to support. I'm one of those set goals, chief goals. I talked about faith, passion, obviously the drive with the guys that I've been around and the guys that surround me every single day. If I want to be one of the best, I've got to play with and against the best. Okay, so that which gets praised gets repeated. You're listening to The Hardwood Hustle, brought to you by PGC Basketball. Thank you for tuning in. You're listening to The Hardwood Hustle. I'm your host, Adam Bradley, joined by special guest Sam Allen, filling in for TJ Rosine. We are down here in Atlanta, Georgia, at the BCB Buford Showcase, presented by Sam Allen and your group. First off, Sam, doing a phenomenal job down here. Great event, great venue. Can't believe this is a high school space, which is unbelievable. Uh, but great lineup of talent and teams, and, and the coach joining us now. I just want to give a shout-out. He's fresh off a win, right? <laughs> Had to battle out a win. But uh, Coach Parr from St. Pius, how you doing, Coach? Doing great, doing great. Thanks oh, for having me on here. Of course. So, first off, happy with the win. Sam and I joked that we were excited for you to win because we knew you were coming on the show, and it would just make <laughs> yeah. for a better episode. Yeah, always, <laughs> yeah. They fought you hard out of the, the halftime, though. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're uh, I think, like a – Trying of a staple in Georgia, Newton. They've been to seven A Final Fours. Great coaching. Uh, they play a number of different zones, and they they got they just got a lot of pieces. And I they 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 made a nice run at us in the second half. I thought our guys responded to a little bit of that adversity on that run, and and you know found a way to just grind out possessions and get good shots. Mm, so. Interesting. Well, they have success, but so do you. I mean, you're fresh off two back to back state championship appearances. Okay, and I want to ask you just. You end up falling short in both of those appearances. So, like, what is the message uh, that you send to the team? Like, what are the goals and expectations? Is it to win it all? And do you, have you carried a lot of the same guys that were on the previous last two years? And what's their mindset after two tough losses like that? Yeah, you know, the 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 goal is, is not ever to win it all. It's really to just try to be the best version of ourselves when we get to tournament time. You know, and that's that's been the message the last two years is we you know we have not had great starts to the season sometimes, and it's like hey we got to continue to grind and get better. If we can be the best version of ourselves when it gets to tournament time, we want to be able to find a way to play in those meaningful games and give ourselves a chance to win them. And you know, getting to the state championship is hard enough, so obviously you know you have to win those four games to get there. And then the losing, we've lost to the same team both years in Upson Lee High School in Georgia. They've won 69 or 70 straight games. They're really good. So we've, we've lost a good team. But I think for us, we've had a lot of the same guys play on both those teams. We, um, we've had uh, a number of sophomores that are now seniors that have, that have come off those back-to-back losses. And they're really hungry. You know, they, they want to improve and they want to try to get back there and give themselves another chance. So, uh, it's, you know, it's been, it's been fun. So let me, let me ask you, so what is, I, I get what you're saying. You want to be playing your best ball when it comes playoff time, okay? So does that change your mindset in the early games, early in the year, that you're like, maybe you're not as emotionally invested in the wins and loss, but you're looking for the development? How's your mindset then early in the year? Yeah, that's, that's what it is. So we, what we try to do is we try to schedule where we can play different style, play against different styles. So we want to schedule, we want to play against really, really athletic teams that just get up in us. We want to play against matchup zones. Uh, we want to play, you know, those different styles. I think you have to be able to win. You know, uh, you have to be able to play up tempo, and you got to be able to play half court. 
and I just want to be able to try to experience them so you can find what those weaknesses are and win or lose. You know, last year we started great. The year before, we were like 5-6 and six through 11 games, but we were able to play and see what our weaknesses were and then get to that state final. Hmm. That, that takes a lot of maturity, I think, I was going to say. Because most coaches, you know, you live and die in each game. Each moment right. is, you know, it, 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 very few occupations or professions do you go put yourself on display in front of people every day, and coaching's that way. So you're constantly being criticized. But can you, Aaron, talk about a little bit of – you said playing the best version of yourself. Tell us a little bit about what, what does that mean? Like what what's the best version of St. Pius? What are the pillars of the program? So we, we have a couple different things. Uh, we try to play uh, with incredible mental toughness on, on defense and offensive end. I think a lot of that is the word. We use the word adversity a lot. Okay. It, against any good team, you're going to, in a game, experience adversity. They're going to make basketballs a game of runs. They're going to make a run. And we define mental toughness as basically someone is trying to stop you from being able to do something or take something away, and how do you respond to that and being able to do it anyway. So they try to take away, try to take away offensively something or whatever. How do you respond to that? So that's the first thing. And then the second thing is our effort. I mean, we just have to be the hardest-playing team. And so that's not easy. I really think that you can learn how to – it's a skill to be able to learn how to play hard. And so it, it, a lot of people think – a lot of kids, when we get them, they think they play hard, and then they watch film and we show them transition defense, and they don't. They just <laughs> yeah. don't. And so you have to, we have to be able to do those two things. Mental toughness, extra effort has been something we've talked about since uh, our staff's been at St. Pius. And, and then it's just about getting the best shot we can get every possession – and eliminating, we try to eliminate three things on defense. We play it, we press, we, we press almost the whole game. Uh, sometimes to try to trap, sometimes just to grind and wear down. But we try to not give up open threes, not give up layups, and not give up offensive rebounds. Hmm. It's obviously hard. The offensive rebound part, you're never going to give up zero. But uh, we really try to guard the three-point line in the rim well. So. so if you had to actually lay out, how do you develop mental toughness and effort in your team, right? Is it just a continual preaching of a message with combined with a standard, you know, holding standards and accountability? Or are there actual things you do to teach that? Yeah, it, I think the best way to do it is in live play. So um, in practice, we try to play certain live things that are not necessarily scrimmages, but like different situational things where where things are going around like sometimes our coaches will be the officials and we'll just start calling stuff bad <laughs> bad you know awful calls yeah. and our guys just to get gotta, under the gotta skin coach themselves got to respond got to huddle together got to talk communicate all those things you know uh, other things is like going back to scheduling um you, you really can't improve your mental toughness unless you i think you schedule really well and schedule teams that are going to test you so because the game is the best practice for that i think and being able to evaluate that and say okay you know like we played uh, pace academy last week Sharman white does a phenomenal job mm-hmm. first year there after being at georgia state and miller grove and we were down most of the game and down four and, and made a couple plays late with our defense and hit a hit a big shot and i thought that was some mental toughness getting us stopped so sometimes it comes out in the game and you just have to put yourself in situations where you you can allow your players to be able to do it and if you have a player who's continuously showing a lack of effort certainly under your standards 
How are you addressing that? How do you, is it the players addressing it? Is it collectively? How do you get after that? So now it's the players because what we've had is a lot of our seniors actually have been in our program since sixth grade. So they, like we played our arch rival the other night, uh, Marist High School, another Catholic school that's about four miles from us. It's a great rivalry. And we were down at half, but it wasn't that we were down at half. It was that we were not playing hard enough on the defensive end. And one of our senior leaders um, just, just, you know, challenged our guys. And it, before that, though, now we have seniors that know what the expectation is. And I think the best peer pressure comes from them hmm. the best it's better than me getting on them if a player gets on you i think it's almost better than the coach uh but but before that when we didn't have that and we were building it i think the best tool is just you, you have to be able to sit guys and you can't be afraid as a coach to sit one of your best players if he's not giving effort hmm. you have to be able to do it because if there's not a consequence for it it'll never get done it, it just you, there has to be consequences you know so um, you know, if, if you don't have that consequence and if you got to have the relationship, obviously. I think the relationship piece, we try to really form good relationships with our guys. And I think if you have those rules and you don't have the relationship, it can kind of lead to a little rebellion. So you have to establish the relationship piece and, and you have to be you can't be afraid to, to discipline. Well, Aaron, can you talk a little bit about, so I love what you said, hey, if the effort is not where it needs to be, we're going to show it on film. Like effort's even a hard thing to define. Competing's hard to find. Uh, tell me, like I think competing's on another level from effort. There's guys that play really yes. hard, and there's guys that compete. Yes. And I know you talk about competing, how do you, how, but that's hard to define and communicate to players. How, how do you do that? And how do your staff? How does your staff do that? We we have a very competitive staff. Um, me and our, our assistant coach have known each other since we were seven and played, grew up playing soccer and basketball together, Coach Davidson. Yeah. And we, I can't tell you the amount of probably fist fights we got in just going at each other, playing one-on-one or soccer practice, whatever. And I think that we, as we've matured, we've gotten better at, at learning how to rein that in because we're very competitive. Uh, but I think what happens is over time our, our kids start to – be around us enough that they start to to kind of just learn it and take that personality because like every practice we're competing i mean we want to compete like whether it's i'm interrupting but you're putting them in competitive things within practice yeah like if you know shooting drill we're trying to compete and get a certain score you know uh, so you're playing to score or time yeah there's a winner and a loser there's a winner and a loser So you're creating an environment that that forces you to compete exactly Yeah. yeah and i think that develops that will bring out, you know, the hopefully the best in people yeah. when you're competing. Um, and, and that's what's important, not only in sports, but I think it's what sports teaches you. But it's important when our kids, you know, try to go off to college and, and all that other stuff is being able to compete and, and work for something. So we just try to we just try to live it uh, with our competitiveness as long as our kids are competing in the right way, you know, and they're competing. And, and you know, obviously the most important thing first is is for us their character but if they have high character and they're competing to try to win there's nothing wrong with that to us so you said something that intrigued me but i I want to take a quick halftime break with our friends over at team snap before we jump in thanks to our friends over team snap for today's halftime communication tip this week coaches i want to challenge you to communicate all the way through make sure you follow through on your communication this week just like shooting there's a lot of different elements of communication But just like shooting, if you don't finish strong or if you don't follow through, it doesn't really matter where your feet placement were, where the ball placement were. You've got to put it all together. 
Same goes for communication. So often, part of the reason miscommunication exists is because the communicator just doesn't do that final bit that would solidify the communication fully. They cut it short. They do everything up until that point, but they don't give that little extra that would have made sure everything was appropriately communicated. This week, coaches, I want to challenge you. See your communication through. Give it the proper follow-through to make sure you make the basket. Thanks to our friends over at TeamSnap. Make sure you check out TeamSnap.com backslash hustle to learn more about the communication app being used by over 15 million people across the globe, helping get everyone on your team all organized all season long. That's TeamSnap.com backslash hustle to get started. All right, Coach Parr, you said at one point that your players, some of them and many of them, have been playing together since they were in sixth grade, okay? So which tells me and leads me to believe that there's a strong kind of community feeder program that's feeding into your high school. Now, are you just fortunate to have some youth program that's feeding into your program, or are you actually helping just kind of orchestrate a larger community, family environment? So we have uh, seven or eight Catholic uh, grade schools that are that a lot of those most of those kids come to St. Pius and so what happens is in seventh and eighth grade all those kids come and we start camp we have summer camp uh, seven seven year olds start and they come to summer camp and we have two goals at summer camp we have get better at basketball and have fun okay and so we try Simple. to yeah. you know we try to get those kids loving the game and wanting to come to St. Pius one day and uh, and and being at those schools then they get to middle school and they want to be a part of our program, so they play for our feeder teams. And our feeder teams are so much fun. Uh, one of my best friends is the eighth grade coach. One of our varsity uh, assistants coaches the helps coach the seventh grade, and we all have a hand in it. And um, our varsity players sometimes will go make sure because they coach them at in the summer. Mm-hmm. Our varsity players coach our camps, so they go watch the kids play, and the kids come to our games, and it becomes really fun. And so I think the goal ends up being those kids come to our games and they, they want to play for us one day. And so, you know, it's, it's fun, and we make sure to go watch those kids play whenever we can. Did, so. did that exist before you took the job, you think? We, we had it in place. I think what we've tried to do is the varsity coaches have tried to make a conscious effort for us to be involved and watch and follow it rather than just having it and letting someone else run it. You know, we want to follow it because those are the kids like the two Gonzalos that are seniors for us, twins, and Nico Broadway, who's a starter, those three guards, they all played as sixth graders. They all came to our camp as fifth graders. So we've known them now for my eighth year. I've known them for eight years. And you were saying your staff, I mean, you've known each other, like you were saying, you're one assistant you've been playing against and competing against, but your whole staff is this close-knit community. Yeah. That, I mean, what you have is so rare. Right, but it, it, it doesn't surprise me why it produces the results that it produces. We have coaches that love our school and are invested in St. Pius. We have four alums, uh, class of '85, is a JV coach named Coach Pittman, who's an amazing coach. Uh, he's coached every sport. He's coached football at Pius, baseball at Pius, basketball at Pius. We have uh, myself and Coach Davidson, 06 alums, and Coach Cloyd is an 08 alum. So the four alums, they're really invested and have a lot of pride in Pius. And I think that rubs off on our players, and we have a lot of pride for our school and our community, and I think that makes a difference with the playing hard for something bigger than yourself aspect. Where does the challenge or struggle of coaching St. Pius come into play? I mean, because everything sounds great, right? Feeder system, perfect. Assistants that are committed to the program and alums. Like, 
How are your parents? You know, how's administration? What, what are your challenges, or is it just kind of traditional basketball challenges? I think our parents are great. Like, I, I really, you hear those, you know, those horror stories, and, you know, there's never been, I mean, not, I don't know how many kids have played for us at this point, but, I mean, it's not perfect, obviously, but I think our parents are great, supportive. I'll tell you what, our parents are competitive. Like, our <laughs> parents are hardworking people, and I think that you, in the Pius community as a whole, it's that old, you know, that Catholic school mentality. It used to be like you, you sacrifice to send your kid to a Catholic school. It's a blue collar mentality. Yeah, and our parents, a lot like of them what are you did working there, and working hard, and their kids are disciplined kids, and we get them, and we're just trying to continue the same values that their parents instill, and they let us coach their kids hard, hmm. and that's huge to me. Um, our, you know, and, and so I think it's basketball challenges. You know, in the Atlanta area. You've got some teams that are loaded up with Division One talent. I think that's the hardest challenge is playing those type of teams and fi- trying to find ways to, to beat them. Are, with, are your kids guys. tough? And I say that just because there's oftentimes a reputation of private school, Catholic school, that like maybe compared to a public school environment, they're not as tough. Our kids are tough. Our, our kids are – we'd never call ourselves a private school. We call ourselves a Catholic school. We're a Catholic school. We're a faith-based Catholic school. Um, and that, and the, the his, history of Catholic school is hard-nosed, tough, disciplined kids. Hmm. I went to Catholic school K through 12. I had five nuns when I was growing up. They instilled discipline in me. And, you know, the Catholic school environment, our, our teachers and coaches, that's, that's what everybody, all the sports, that's what all the coaches do at Pius. They, they make sure their kids are tough and the parents are the same way. So, and I, and I, yeah, and I can attest to that, Adam, like, so one of is Zach starting for you, right? Yeah. Zach Ranson, who has played in our BCB travel ball programs. You won't find a better family and kid. Yeah. Like I can even get emotional thinking about it. Like when Zach's going to football or going to Wake Forest on football. Yeah. But he's so selfless. He cares about it. It's like a genuine. You know how some kids, it, it could even be a fake. Like they're just doing, coach told them to give a high five. No, it's like real. And, and Zach's just like another kid for you because you got you got a team full of them. Zach Ellis Callaway's another one. Yeah, like Zach, you know, he's going to Wake Forest to play football. You see this a lot. You know, he could eat very easily just say, "I don't, I'm not too invested in this." And he is just invested because he loves the game. He loves our school. He's got a great family, like you said, and oh, he just phenomenal. loves it. He just loves. He has so much fun with our guys and in our program. So and he competes. And he competes. He is an ultimate competitor. Yeah, coach. As we wrap up here. What made you decide to play in the showcase today? All right. Give some love to, to Sam here, blue-collar oh, yeah. basketball. <laughs> well, that's the first thing is um, Sam does a phenomenal job. This is one of, maybe the most organized event. It probably is the most organized event we've ever been a part of. Mm-hmm. You come in here, best facility probably in the state of Georgia is the facility. you got great competition, 7A Newton, unbelievable program. You've got um, treat you well, locker room's great, hospitality's great. And, you know, what they do, some of our kids, uh, you know, so, oh, yeah, get Chick-fil-A. I got a Chick-fil-A sandwich right in front of me, giving us, feeding us lunch. And then, you know, some of our kids know have, have been a part of Blue Collar, and they've really helped our kids. So it was just an easy decision to play in this event. And if you want quality competition and 
you want amazing facilities and a chance to get better, you should do it. This has been great. Here great it is. For us. Here it is. Coach, you are a jack-of-all-trades because you've got to jump on the bus, hop behind the driver's seat, and take your team home. Yep. Coach them, drive the lead bus. them, drive, I drive the, bus. the bus. That's Man, right. First of all, there's a motto in there, you know, like, oh, yeah. what, what's that, like, uh, uh, sweep the shed? Um, yep. That's what, from, like, the New Zealand rugby team? Yeah, Legacy. Legacy, yeah. yeah that, the, the I James, have that book. Yeah, I the James Kerr. I have not gotten a chance to read it, but I have that. Well, like, one yeah, of those is sweep the shed, right? But, like, yours is drive the bus. And you're like, saying that with a smile somewhat joking, but, no, that's real. Like, I'm being serious. kids are seeing that. I'm being serious. Like, there could be a tagline. That gets me fired up. There could be a tagline on a shirt at St. Pius to drive the bus. What does that mean? That means even the head coach will drive the bus. We yeah. do whatever it takes I, to get it done. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I think, <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I'm not going to say that I love driving the bus, but I have to drive the bus, so I do. <laughs> so be it. Coach, we appreciate yeah. you. Congratulations on the win today. Listen, I am Adam. He is Sam Allen. Together, we are the Harwood Hustle. Till next time, we are out.